Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, a special event featuring only podcast hosts with thick eyebrows. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Nintendo's financial call. And then on Thursday, we are going to uh, we are going to use the Super Mash formula to jam together some Nintendo franchises. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. Um, I don't want to jump the gun here. So let me just say I have some interesting Animal Crossing news to share with you when we mm. get there. Right, 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 right. Okay, good. Uh, I look forward to hearing your interesting Animal Crossing news. Um, R.I.P. Huck, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I guess I, guess I will... Uh, I, I, here's here's a, qu- a question I have for you, Mark. Um, have you heard the new Weezer song? No, I haven't. Okay, so you know Van Weezer, their their new record was going to come out this month, uh, but it has been delayed indefinitely. But they put out a new single called "Hero," and it's actually pretty good. Oh, okay, like pretty good. I I I've got to tell you, Patrick. I feel like not from you necessarily, but I hear this almost every mm-hmm. time record or Weezer puts a record out or a new song mm-hmm. out, where you're like. Where the world seems to be like, you know, on the sliding scale of Weezer songs, this one is fine. And I don't know how to <laughs> interpret this anymore. Because I then listen, then listen to the songs and it's like, that is fine. And then never listen to it ever again. So I am a big fan of Everything Will Be Alright in the End. I like that record a lot. And I like the White Album a lot. Um, but I've not cared for anything they've put out since. And this is, I feel like, a, a higher quality than anything they put out in, you know, the, like, three or four years since the White Album. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so my point is, check it out, and you might like it, or you might hate it. <laughs> Speaking of things that you can check out and either like or hate, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? You can. Someday. Um, what you want to do now is just get on the list to eventually someday get this thing sent to you in the mail. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com with a mailing address where I can send it to you. Again, this is when I feel like actually going to the post office uh and looking other human beings in the eye as we try to communicate with our masks on um get on the list i'll send it to you eventually i mean yeah the 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 nice thing about the way you're describing this patrick is that it's an out for you to never do this ever again absolutely (laughs) because really when are we in the mood to go to the post office and deal with other people I mean, the, I, never. I, when am I ever in the mood to deal with other people? Like, period. Um, but there are some times when I suck it up and do it anyway. <laughs> and if you're going to do that, the Sonic Forces borrowing program is a reason to continue on. It's like the postman in that Kevin Costner movie I've never seen. The postman? <laughs> yes. Or Waterworld. Which one? <laughs> I've seen Waterworld. 
Um, and then uh, thanks to everyone who's, who's been adding us as friends on the uh, Switch. Our friend codes are in the description of every episode. Uh, so please uh, add us and um, we'll be happy to accept those requests. And then you can see what we're doing in Animal Crossing. We can see what you're doing in Animal Crossing and not in Animal Crossing. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, one last thing. I still just do want to plug. Uh, Ape at Betty put out a new single a couple weeks ago. It's a cover of Prince's "Nothing Compares to You." Ape at Betty is our house band. He is responsible for the music that happens at the beginning and end of all these episodes, um, and it's a great recording. So go check it out. All right, um, Mark. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. I know, I know I've got something on the list before Animal Crossing, but I need to know your Animal Crossing news. Okay, all right, all right. So, um, first of all, I got K.K. Slider to come to my island. Um, turns out it's way easier to get three stars than mm. I like thought it was. I guess I just like hadn't checked in a while. But, you know, I, I, and maybe the tipping point was I did your plan. I like built a nice brick fence and then put some park equipment in there. And uh, yeah. maybe that was the thing that tipped me over to three stars. But so I got KK Slider to come to my island. And then the weirdest thing happened in that I lost all enthusiasm for Hogwarts for like my island. Oh, no. Yeah. Like I didn't like it was no longer bringing me any happiness. Like I would mm. log in. And I'd be like, well, I don't like the way it looks. I don't particularly like any of my vill like I like my villagers, but I'm sick of them. And uh, you know, like I want to, I want to make significant changes, but to do that's going to cost me hundreds of thousands of bells. So like, right? It's you know, I hadn't like developed it particularly nice or cool, anyways. So I was like, whatever. Hogwarts dead. I <gasps> I like erased it. I but here's the sad thing that happened is I started over and I was like going, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a new island. I kind of have like a better idea of what I want to do from the outset, like where to place things. So I like go through the process. I get on the island. Um, I have like two new islanders. It's like a goat and a uh, deer. And I just kind of felt exhausted by the whole thing. And so I haven't really gone back. Like, wow. I realized that I put like, and I, I guess at this point I intend to uh, go back and like really restart an island and um, like do things different this time. But <laughs> I also realized that I put like 50 hours, more than 50 hours into the game, which is a lot of time. Like it's more the time that I spent with Fire Emblem Three Houses. And yeah. so... Also, I'm kind of like, maybe I am done with this right now. Like, maybe I'm happy with my Animal Crossing experience. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I think that that is, like, an okay... Th like, you know, we all... Everyone went really hard, really heavy on Animal Crossing New Horizons. And, like, I think it is o totally okay to have gotten to a point now... The game's been out for, like, over a month, right? Um, and that it was like sort of daily appointment play um, for a long time. If you've got over 50 hours in it, that's a lot of time with a video game. Um, I've got over 100 hours on mine now, which is something I realized today. Um, and again, some of that I know is just like, I put the controller down and I'm like checking Twitter for like an hour or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it is uh, okay to, uh, you know, let it go at some point. 
but you think this is not you letting it go. I don't I don't know. I tell myself that it's not, but then again when I like tried to get back into it, I didn't really have any enthusiasm for it. Ooh. Getting back into it sounds tough. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be like a Breath of the Wild situation where I try to restart it and I'm like, oh maybe this is too fresh. Uh or maybe like I just need I don't know. Not look, Breath of the Wild and Animal Crossing are two very different games. But correct, you know, like after Breath, of the, after I opened up the entire map in Breath of the Wild and climbed all the towers and had like, you know, like seen the breadth of everything, I, mm-hmm. you know, like the game was still fun, but it wasn't, it didn't have the same sense of discovery, and I kind of felt that a little bit that way after I like hit KK Slider, where I was like started to move stuff on my island and started to like paint the ground and everything, and it just, I, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't do it the same way that it used to for me. Yeah, I mean, it is very weird how, like, you reach a point where, like, um, there is no more, like, external reward. Like, you get uh, you get higher star ratings, but also, like, I don't know, I think you got to really, um, like, deck a, a place out um, to get a five-star rating, like, in a, in a way that I would not find aesthetically pleasing. Um, I've been locked at three stars for a couple weeks, um, and, like, I don't want to add any more stuff to, like, the outdoor parts of my island you know um like i don't want to just keep throwing up decorations for the sake of throwing up decorations um we do have two emails uh that i wanted to just bring up quickly one from colin um uh who uh wrote last week and this is sort of a follow-up um he was asking how to get three stars um and he says i i did it i got three stars on my island thanks so mark if you still have two stars in your island ha he says thanks for the advice guys (laughs) um so uh colin congratulations i hope it didn't ruin animal crossing for you as it did for mark (laughs) um and then we also got a uh, an email from ian ian says hey patrick and mark how are you i'm doing fine great uh just started listening to the podcast and i really love it my question is what is the fastest way to get bells in animal crossing new horizons bye for now um so mark what how what methods did you use to i mean i know you said peace out before you needed to like get a ton of bells to start like moving stuff around um but what were your methods for getting bells so one of the things i would do every day is like plant the money tree Mm -hmm. um but like and that is great at the beginning of the game um like the more you get into it the less helpful it is like you kind of might as well do it because it's like you know uh 30,000 bells after you plant and you know so if you plant 10,000 then you're guaranteed to get 30,000 one of the mistakes yeah. i made is that i thought like that was true no matter what so i would plant 99,000 bells uh and then pick it up and it would only be 30,000 and i was like and i couldn't remember like w- maybe i forgot where i planted the 99,000 one <laughs> and this was just the 30 this was just like 10,000 or some number but while it is true that you can plant 99,999 bells and occasionally you will get 300 bells, uh, 300,000 bells back, most of the time it is just like a max of 30,000 bells. And then, of course, the other thing that people are using to just like destroy the economy of the game is taking advantage of the stock market, the yeah. um, set, buying turnips, and then finding somebody, usually online, whose island is selling turnips that day for like way more than you bought it. And then just like going to that island and maxing out. 
Yeah, so that's uh, that I I have done this exactly one time, um, and it was because uh, former guest uh, Christian Humes uh, hit me up with someone's dodo code. They're just like, hey, someone on our Discord has like turn ups at six hundred bells a turn up, um, and luckily I had purchased a bunch of them before, so that's how I. Uh, but really, like I didn't have that many um, because like. I'm always paying off like the the debts. I'm always buying stuff. I'm always building bridges and and uh, stuff like that. So when Sunday rolls rolls around and uh, Daisy May is there selling turnips, I don't always have the money to do it. Um, so like this this last week, uh, I had purchased a, a fair amount of turnips and never found a good price on them and sold them at a huge loss on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Um, like I think I bought them for about a hundred and sold them for like fifty seven and was like, well, that's it. That's I I messed up. <laughs> um, and I left one uh a single turnip, which is actually ten turnips, uh, on the ground to rot, um, so that I would get ants, um, so I could catch some ants and donate those to the oh, museum. Oh, whoa! I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, that's, I think that's the best way to just get like a ton of money. Um, I know other people will also do, uh, like, uh, tarantulas, um, and then, um, wait until Flick shows up and sell them to Flick for double money. Uh, I know we're out of tarantula season now, so, um, and I don't really know how the scorpion economy works. I assume it is similar, but, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't really know. I feel like I struggle with having enough bells. Um, I haven't, I just, just now, or just today paid off, um, paid off the third room on my house. So now it's, they're building a a second floor, which should be ready tomorrow. Oh, cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, is it time for us to move off of Animal Crossing? I'm not saying as a game that we play, but as a point of discussion for today's episode. Yes, I think, I, I think that's fair. I spent some time this weekend with Sarah playing Super Mario Party, um, which was something that she suggested because she was like, I want to play a Mario game. And we were uh, talking through the various Mario games that we could play. Turns out there's a ton of them, um, but they're all like, there was a second where we might have played Super Mario 3D World again. (laughs) (laughs) I think she and I have played that game together three or four times all the way through. and so we didn't do that. We played Super Mario Party, which was uh, actually a lot of fun. I still wish um, that the game, like when you actually played the boards, that uh, it was faster. Um, like it really relishes in like every single turn takes so long. Um, and like uh, when when someone gets a star, you like it goes to this like separate screen where you can see all four players and their star and coin counts and then the star count goes up one for that one player like you see it go from zero to one and then all the characters react to it and then (laughs) and then the character who just got the star moves either up or down depending on like whether well up probably um and uh then like that screen goes away and then it says rosalina has taken the lead like all and all of these are like separate point like it takes so long for anything to happen in that game um and i just wish there was like a pro mode or something where it's just like yeah i get it like <laughs> or like as, as you're passing by uh the item shop 
and you don't have enough coins, like the item shop like swoops down and says like, oh, you you don't have enough coins. I'm not going to. And it's like two lines of dialogue. You got to like jam A through and then or like in the final round when they're not selling items anymore, they still swoop down and say, oh, we're not selling items right now. <laughs> we're just like, come on. <laughs> um, but uh while we were playing, we were playing in the like the rhythm mode. There's like a a music section which is super great, um, and I had the left Joy-Con, which my left Joy-Con has been experiencing uh, Joy-Con drift for a long time, um, and I just play through it. Um, but usually I use my Pro controller, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, and so while we were playing, um, Sarah, uh, we we get a message about the right Joy-Con um, saying like, uh, uh, "Player two, your your swings are too big." Um, so like it was it was a baseball mini game in this rhythm thing. Um so suddenly it was reading her her swings is too big. Um <laughs> and and then after that the accelerometer wouldn't read at all. Oh weird. So now the motion controls on the right Joy-Con are uh inoperable. I updated the firmware on it, um reconnected, disconnected, all that stuff. Um and my left Joy-Con is drifting. Uh so my Joy-Cons are non-functioning i have a non-functioning set of joy-con basically yeah that's annoying that's your that is your first pair is that right the ones that came with the switch this is a great point these are my launch joy-con yeah i mean to be fair it feels like they should still be functioning at this point but like my launch joy-con also like went away uh like two years ago at this point i had them for about a yeah. year and then the batteries just completely died. Like, could not get a charge, nothing. So I ended up getting, like, the uh, neon pink and neon green ones, which have held up pretty well, although I have found that I have to, like, charge them but not leave them on the switch, like, mm, like in the dock. It's like, put them on there, charge it for a little bit, but then remove them because if they're on there too long, it seems like it, like, just, like, starts draining them. I don't know. It's super weird. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's weird. And it's not, uh, outside of conversations with you. It's not something that I've heard of happening to joy cons. I'm um, just like, I've not heard of them, uh, of like the accelerometers just, uh, not working anymore. Um, and the thing that's a real bummer about this to me is that obviously Nintendo has their, um, their service, uh, you know, shut down right now. So that like, normally you'd be able to, uh, call in and get, um, your joy cons replaced or fixed. Um, and I know that they are fixing for, uh, Joy-Con drift, even for Joy-Con that are outside of warranty, but I wonder if they would, uh, fix my right Joy-Con too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So that's not an option. And then the other option, which is buy a new set of Joy-Con is also not really possible because the supply of them is so low right now, um, because the switch is so popular, likely due to Animal Crossing, um, that like, just, Joy-Con are only available from second-hand sellers, um, just like Switches are and just like Ring Fit Adventure is. Um, and I, under, I understand that we are in a state of global pandemic and, you know, availability on all things is low and bad and hard. Um, but, like, it is it is very frustrating to me that, like, I can't, uh, I, I can't fix, I can't get Nintendo to fix the problem. I can't fix the problem. Um, and you know, we just had to stop playing, uh, Super Mario, uh, party, um, over the weekend. And then like, if we want to play, uh, Mario Kart together, like we've only got the one controller, the pro controller. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing is just like, it's got me frustrated. Yeah, that's nuts. I didn't even think about the um, like Joy-Con shortages. It's one of those things I've just taken for granted. Just assumed that they would always be there. Yeah, and I mean, luckily they haven't gone to like, uh, you know, astronomically stupid prices like the Ring Fit Adventure. Um, but it's still like, uh, you know, most sellers are charging about a hundred bucks for a pair, which is uh, not great. And then I, so just real fast, I have been playing a little bit of new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Um, like Sarah, I was in the mood after Animal Crossing to play like a Mario game and was doing a little Goldilocks, finding, trying to find one that was mm-hmm. like, felt right to me. And so I played a little like bit of Super Mario Brothers 3 and was like, for whatever reason, I'm not really feeling this. Um, so landed on new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe because it is probably one of the Mario games that I have by far played the least. And uh, I'm in, I'm enjoying it. Like I'm doing a little bit at a time, just here or there, like a level or two, um, yeah. and trying to get like three coins in each one. Like I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it's, it's a Mario game. Like, and so even one that maybe isn't my favorite Mario game ever is still like fun to play through. Yeah. Well, and those, uh, the new Super Mario Brothers games are such a like. Uh, it's such a known quantity, right? Where you're like, I'm going to run around, I'm going to jump, I'm going to pull off a triple jump, I'm going to collect some coins. It's not going to be difficult unless I make it difficult. Um, Yeah, the New Super Mario, or yes, New Super Mario Brothers U was uh, also on our list of possible games to play um, because I've got it on the Wii U, but not on the 3D, no, whatever you're talking about, the Switch. (laughs) Um, All right, well, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So today, Tuesday, May 12th, Star Wars Episode One Racer was supposed to come out, and I was really excited for this. But um, just yesterday, uh, Aspire, the company who is publishing or developing the uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer port posted on Twitter that the game will be further delayed and that they have no updated release date. Um, which is a a weird bummer, and maybe just something we got to get used to is uh, as as we are like deep into uh, work from home and all that stuff. That like I think we're gonna start to see. Wait, I mean, obviously, like events and stuff like that have been delayed, but I think just individual games um, that uh, are supposed to be coming out like anywhere this summer, um, you know, are subject to be delayed for a million dumb reasons that are all part of COVID-19. Right. Yeah. Like uh, like you mentioned, um, this past week, we also learned that like Tokyo Game Show, which is scheduled to happen at the end of September, got delayed um and or sorry got canceled and they are doing like an online event we'll talk about some of the stuff nintendo talked about um a little bit later but yeah i i think you're right that it's just going to kind of be the new normal for the next few months as we get used to i mean we saw it with the last of us part two you know like it's just kind of going to happen um but I was like really looking forward to this one, and so it's it's sad to see it happen to a game that I wanted. Uh, yeah, I know. Me too. We're and we're we're gonna talk a little bit more Star Wars uh, later in the episode. A couple different points, actually. Come to think of it, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm I, I'm in a like heightened state of like 
uh, Star Wars fandom now. I feel like I'm far enough away from Rise of Skywalker <laughs> that uh, that like I'm excited. I want to engage in Star Wars stuff, um, and uh, was really hoping that this was going to scratch that itch, and it might, but not tomorrow. Yep. Uh, also, maybe coming out today is the Elder Scrolls Blades. Maybe, possibly. No one, no one knows for sure. It's either out right now or it's not. <laughs> I feel like this is, you know, uh, in the early days of this show, the eShop was super loose. So, like, games would it's say they West, have a baby. release date and then they would never show up or maybe never existed. And so this kind of, you know, makes me nostalgic for the early days of our show when it was the Wild West of the eShop. And, like, maybe this game was released or, like, maybe it won't be for weeks or months. And then on Thursday, May 14th, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey is released. Um, I have to admit, I'm not super familiar with the Oddworld series. I've never played any of the games. Um, I always confuse it with Psychonauts because I feel like they both kind of have grotesque art styles that yep. I've just never like really appreciated or understood. Yeah, that like uh, maybe French, definitely European <laughs> aesthetic where it's like, no, it's so cute, it's ugly. And it's like, no, look, not everything is Wallet and Gromit, you know, like <laughs> Wallace and Gromit. Did I say their Wallace. names right? What did I say? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm also not really familiar with the, the Odd World series, but this was featured in one of the Nindy showcases. Um, so it's cool that we're seeing some of that stuff come to fruition. Also, I wanted to point out that last week, um, we didn't highlight, but, um, Super Mash came out, um, and this was another game from the, uh, Nindy Showcase, um, and it is what we are basing our topic episode on, uh, on Thursday. Um, it is the game where you pick, like, two genres of games, and it mashes them up into a single game experience. Um, I actually picked this up today because um, I was like, oh, I I had wanted to play this game. Um, and after spending about 20 minutes with it, I regret my purchase. Um, it does not like it is combining these things, uh, but like not in a way that is. It, so it is combining them and then uh, procedurally generating the levels within them. Um, so, like, any sort of grace around level design is out the window. Um, and obviously, some combinations are more fun than others. Um, but even the most fun are passable. Um, and, you know, that's not uh, not really how I want to spend my time playing, uh, playing games. Um, but Super Mash came out last week. <laughs> um, all right. So that's it for the new releases. Let's uh, close out this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, uh, I threatened that we were going to talk more about Star Wars, uh, and here we are. <laughs> We're doing it. Um, we are going to rank rank the Disney Star Wars movies. So these this is every Star Wars movie that came out after you know two thousand five, right? Not counting the Clone Wars movie, not counting the Clone Wars movie. Although I don't know where I would put the Clone Wars movie. Probably <laughs> at the bottom. It's pretty bad. Um, 
Now, one thing I did want to bring up before we uh before we launch into this is do we want to fold like the Mandalorian as a single piece into this or not? Um I think that we should strictly stick to th- feature length the- like theatrically released films. Okay, so the the items on the table for ranking are Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi, Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Okay, so uh, any obvious tops or any obvious bottoms for you, Mark? Uh, so I will probably put Rise of Skywalker at the bottom for me Mm -hmm. um yeah i i will say that rise of skywalker is the only one of these movies that i left the theater being like what yeah (laughs) um and we saw this movie together and uh like after the movie was over we we didn't really talk about it um because i think we were flying out the next day or you were or Mm -hmm. we all were um and it was it was just kind of like i don't i gotta I, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I, I agree with you 100% um, that uh, it is my least favorite of, of the new Star Wars movies. And then, so then I would probably go either, well, I know that you like Rogue One more than I like Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. So, because for me, both of those are probably next, like in whatever order, probably. Both of what? S- Sorry, the the Star Wars stories. The Star Wars stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so maybe like I would put Solo next and then Rogue One above that. So I I will agree with Solo next um and uh like but largely I want to say that like the gulf uh, of like the the space between how much I like Solo and how much I like uh Rise of Skywalker is pretty big. Like I I kind of like Solo. I like no, Solo. I, I liked Solo too. I actually, I thought Solo was a lot of fun. Like, I felt this way about both the Star Wars stories where I like left it being like, yeah, that was fine. Like, if they made one of these a mm-hmm. year, like, I would totally go see them. Uh, I, I like when, as soon as it was over, I felt like I liked Solo more than I liked Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I go back and forth on that. I think I was more just being like, well, I think I where you and I are going to end up is that Rogue One is a is above uh, Solo. Um, yeah, and uh, Rogue One, I, I will agree, is is better than Solo. Um, and it took me a little while to like come around to really loving it. Um, I think for me, I put it above. Uh, I put it one step higher, but I'm happy to put it here at at number three. Oh, that's interesting. Only because, like, I, in rewatching Rogue One, I have found it difficult to get through. I feel like the seams mm. really show um, on, like, subsequent rewatches. I feel that way, too, but the parts of it that hit for me really hit for me. Um, and I think Rogue One is also uh, really good in the abstract. Um, like, uh, the, the concept of it, the sound of it, the look of it is all very cool. Um, and like the parts of it that don't work for me are just like, 
man, when they go back to whatever planet uh, Galen or so is on, um, like that whole sequence drags on like forever. <laughs> um, and like the payoff there is not that great because like she's already. A sh- <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh all right. Well, do do we not know how? <laughs> I guess. Or do you want to? I wanna... think we may know in the future, but we definitely don't know right now. <laughs> Brutal. All right. We were accompanied today by the Dopia Big Band. Mark, let's get into the news. So Nintendo had their financial results call with investors last week, and uh, they were talking about the entire fiscal year, which ended at the end of March. And anytime that they have these investor calls, we get some interesting tidbits out of it. And this time was no exception. Um, They talked a little bit about how well Animal Crossing is selling and how, which, by the way, incredibly well, which is... uh, Yeah, we we, we talked about it a little bit last week, too, how how well Animal Crossing is selling. Yeah. um, And so that has helped push the Switch hardware, hardware sales to likely being ahead of the lifetime sales of the NES by this point, which is like 62 million units. Um, We know for sure that it has outsold the uh, N64 and the GameCube combined. (laughs) Wow. And outsold the Super NES as well. Yeah. Um, They also mentioned that digital is becoming a bigger part of the first party business with 70% of digital income coming from full price releases and then 30% coming from add-ons, DLC packs, and digital only games. Um, I would be interested to know how that stacks up to other other publishers. Like, is 30% a lot? they, They make twice as much money from... Um, the sale of like full uh full price games, but I also just wonder if that's a function of like the full price games cost twice as much as the DLC. Right. Yeah. And I, I yeah. I mean that's a, that's a good point. I would be interested to see like the breakout and like you're saying how it compares to like other publishers or other companies because also like mm-hmm. Nintendo's monetization strategy is different. Like they don't they have obviously DLC, but they don't have a ton of it for every title and they don't really do loot boxes that much and like all that kind of stuff you know right and they also don't do a lot of the like uh you know uh small purchase um like aesthetic dlc like you're not gonna be able to buy a costume for 75 cents unless we're talking about a me fighter costume in which case that's exactly what they're gonna do (laughs) (laughs) but even that is on a really small scale compared to like any other game like that um you know like any other fighting game is gonna drop like huge uh packs of um fighter costumes uh and like really nickel and dime for them um and it's just weird that not weird, but it is welcome that Nintendo doesn't normally engage uh, with DLC in that way. Uh, if you've been looking ahead to Nintendo's announced games for 2020, like we talked about on the show, uh, you are probably realizing that the offerings are starting to look pretty thin. Thin! <laughs> so uh, beyond Clubhouse Games, which is coming out in June, and Z- Xenoblade Chronicles, um, which comes out at the end of May. And then the DLC that's been announced for Pokemon, uh, the new Smash Fighters, and then new uh, updates that are promised for Animal Crossing. There's not really much on the calendar 
or really anything on the calendar besides that. That's it, yeah. And Nintendo president Shintaro Furukawa shed a little light on that during the Q&A last week, saying, quote, For our forecast, we have games that are scheduled to release during this period other than what's been announced. However, many workers at Nintendo and our partners are working from home during this time. Considering the working environments between home and office are quite different, it could become increasingly difficult to release our games in line with our current schedule if the situation is prolonged. As things currently stand, we're forecasting as if we'll be able to release our games according to schedule. So, I mean, it's a little bit of like a no-brainer statement that, you know, Nintendo has things that they haven't told us about. Um, But I think this maybe uh, like puts a little bit of a like I don't think we're gonna see any of the like far flung uh things um anytime soon. Like Metroid Prime Four, like Bayonetta Three, like um uh oh there's another one. There's another oh Breath of the Wild Two. Um, you know, like the the these are all those are all like a ways off games. There's something that we don't know about or that we've only heard rumored, like the um remasters of uh Mario sixty four and the like. Um, but you know, what, whatever else Nintendo was going to publish this year, um, we don't know yet and they may end up not, uh, having them ready for this year. Right. And so, you know, like we talked about, I think last week that the rumor is that they're not going to have like a June presentation. And I think that makes sense, right? Like, um, I know for my work, you know, like a lot of stuff has just been in flux while everybody's trying to figure out, you know, like how all of this works and what can actually be accomplished in that time and i'm sure nintendo if they're especially not if you're not used to working from home like a lot of that is going on is being like okay what does our new schedule actually look like yeah yeah and you know there's just like a whole like thing of like um you know what do you because like so so much business right now is just like okay how do we survive until um, we can come back in the way that we had been operating before. Like that, that's what, you know, that's one track. And then another track is like, okay, how do we, you know, best replicate what we normally do in this market? Um, and like, you know, people are also kind of like splitting the difference. And like, it just, it's, it's very interesting to see where to land on that. And I, it seems like Nintendo has mostly just gone quiet. Um, and especially because they have something in Animal Crossing that is so successful and so resonant right now that they don't need to put out something new. Um, you know, they've been a part of the mainstream cultural conversation um, for the last month and a half from putting out one game, you know? Um, and like, People are doing talk shows in it and uh, throwing birthday. Like, I think it's only it. We're, I still think we are at the beginning of what uh, it is capable of, both as a game and as a platform for other people doing stuff. Um, you know, especially as like you can't actually go out and meet with your friends. You can do it in Animal Crossing. Yeah, exactly. Um, we got some other bits of news out of the Q and A session. Nintendo believes the impact on Switch production, like the slowdown due to um, COVID-19, will probably be over by the summer. Um, They're also trying to ramp production up for Ring Fit Adventure so they can capture demand. Uh, Which is good. I mean, I know that we already had a statement from, from them through IGN saying that they were aware and they were going to try to meet the demand. Um, 
but I check on it like every day or every couple days, and they are still selling on the secondhand market for like $280. It is too much. I also think uh, I don't have the exact number, but you know, when Nintendo releases their re- uh, financial results, they also update like how many like units sold for titles. Um, yeah. And I think Ring Fit Adventure is either right at the amount that um, uh, like Fire Emblem Three Houses sold or has like surpassed it, which tells you wow. like, yeah, like Fire Emblem Three Houses, I think at least in most gaming circles, maybe made like a bigger splash, but uh, it's just crazy to see the kind of um, like response that Ring Fit Adventure has gotten. I never in a million years would have guessed. No, and in fact, you there is recorded evidence of us guessing to the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> like it was not going to be. I remember even uh, we when we were talking about the game coming out and being like, "Man, I can't believe this thing's eighty bucks. That's a lot." Um, and then I, I'm I know I made a joke about like, "Well, we'll just wait till it drops in price, like totally. Labo, and then you can pick it up, yeah, <laughs> in clearance for thirty bucks." Um, <laughs> Not not how the narrative played out. <laughs> not how the narrative played out. Um, a little bit more about Animal Crossing success. So the game has sold uh, 13.41 million units over the six weeks uh, that it's been released. This is more than Nintendo anticipated it would sell over its lifetime. And it is already the best-selling Animal Crossing game ever, surpassing the sales of Animal Crossing New Leaf on the 3DS. Uh, which is outrageous, and you know it, it puts it among the best-selling um, Switch titles. Period. Even though, again, it's only been out for uh, like a month and a half. <laughs> um, so, uh, kudos to Animal Crossing. They also said that Animal Crossing sales were about fifty percent uh, downloads from the eShop, uh, which is a significantly high for a Nintendo title. And again, kind of follows with um, you know just like the world in that state when the game was released and even now you know it's hard to like go into a store to buy a video game so it makes sense that a lot of people would purchase it from home um and then animal crossing they reported that animal crossing interest spread from 20 and 30 year olds and women to families and friends and then spread via social media um so they plan to market second and third titles for those people from existing titles so hey if you like animal crossing like check out these other Nintendo Switch titles. Yeah, so what Nintendo is doing here is they are identifying people who are playing Animal Crossing, testing them for Animal Crossing, and then doing contact tracing out to everyone else <laughs> in their social circle who has uh, become afflicted with Animal Crossing. <laughs> Let the free market do its thing. Um, <laughs> oh, Nintendo no. Switch Online oh, users <laughs> are now over 15 million. And uh, it's benefited from the release of Pokemon and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, my buddy Andrew put a ton of time into Animal Crossing. I think he's probably done with it now. Um, but he has never... Uh, he, he doesn't have Nintendo Switch online. And I keep being like, you can come over to my island. And he's like, I don't have the online. Uh, and then uh, the other day, our mutual friend Taylor was like, hey, let's play Mario Kart. And Andrew was like, I don't have Nintendo Switch online. And every time I'm like, it's $20 for the year. <laughs> like, just get it, man. We can play Mario Kart together. You can come visit my island. 
Uh, he also, or it was also reported that uh, Furukawa talked about the Switch life cycle and saying that they believe that they are barely in the middle of the Switch life cycle, um, being that we're just a little over three years since the system was originally released. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, if this is the middle... It's not like a super long life, right? Like normally console life cycles are about seven years, six, seven years. Um, so that's a little bit of like a, yeah, of course, um, statement. Um, but, you know, with the Switch launching when it did sort of like between generations and with the Wii U being a, a shorter life cycle, I guess it's nice to know that they're not uh, abandoning it like they abandoned the Wii U. But like, of course, uh, uh, of course, <laughs> this thing's making the money. The Wii U did not. Yeah, to me, it feels like the Switch is, like, uh, I've loved the Switch, and I, but I feel like it's still, like, uh, it ha- I feel like it hasn't even really, like, hit its total stride. Like, I still feel like there's, like, one or two more years, and that, where it's just going to continue to do, like, gangbusters, you know? Like, it really doesn't even yeah. feel like it's hit its peak yet. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I'm sure we will get like a hardware revision at some point in the next three years um, to just, you know, I, and, you know, we already have really. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's no reason for them to uh, abandon this thing um, any time in the near future. Also, Nintendo's uh, mobile efforts grew by a little over 11% last year. Uh, they attributed it to Mario Kart Tour introducing multiplayer and the subscription services that they introduced to Mario Kart Tour, and also the one that they brought to Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Um, Pocket Camp also just had, like, an increase in users thanks to the um, uh, New Horizons tide lifting all Animal Crossing boats. That's funny. Do you think there there are people that, like, just couldn't get their hands on a Switch or whatever, saw their friends playing Animal Crossing, and were like, well, I can at least do this on my phone, kind of? Yeah, I wonder. Or if it's just like, oh, man, like, you know, just how uh, when Pokemon Go was huge when it first debuted or it was getting, like, tons of press, that it, like, increased interest in Pokemon in general. It wouldn't surprise me if, like, yeah. that's just happened with Animal Crossing, where people are enjoying it or they've heard about it and yeah they're just seeking it out in whatever form is available to them yeah makes sense uh and then also they of course say that internally they're looking at what they can do to be more flexible to adjust for consumers staying at home so it'll be interesting to see what that means and exactly what form it ends up taking it means making more Ring Fit adventures so we can all have <laughs> yeah. one in our home <laughs> and exercise during the day. <laughs> uh, Nintendo wasn't the only company that was announcing its earnings last week. Uh, EA also announced their fiscal year earnings. And during its financial results call, the company mentioned that it has multiple titles coming to Switch this year, which temper our expectations? Question mark? Probably. Um, yes. We know of Burnout Paradise, and presumably another FIFA will be coming in some form. And technically, that's multiple titles. So, didn't they also put a number on this though? Um, like a surprisingly high number, but then didn't detail um what the games were exactly. Did I they? Be wrong on I, that. I I don't know. I I know that they mentioned something. When I first, like, heard this story in the periphery of the internet, you know, I think there was some mention of, like, five or six, but I 
my understanding is that like when you drill down into it, they talk about like five or six other unannounced titles, but not necessarily ones that were like coming specifically to the Switch. Got it, got it. I'm looking at uh, a Eurogamer headline headline that reads, um, EA will launch 14 games this year with multiple for Switch. So that's probably where I was getting the idea that there was a number attached to it. Um, there's also some uh, like rumor and speculation about a Mass Effect uh, remaster um, that is in, in the works. Uh, feasibly, that could function on Switch, right? Um, so like, I, I wonder if that is, uh, could be one of those games. Yeah. I mean, no reason it couldn't. Also, uh, EA, I'm telling you a dead space collection. Oh <laughs> yeah. With dead space extraction in there. <laughs> yes, exactly. The Wii light gun game. <laughs> I mean, also though, uh, for, uh, that's obviously a very good idea. Um, but the Sims, what are you doing? Put the Sims on switch. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's such a good point. That seems like so obvious. It's stupid that it's not there. <laughs> Even just port like one of the mobile ones that we've seen like other companies yeah. do. Yeah. Crazy. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, former Retro Studios artist Sammy Hall shared some concept art from canceled projects on his ArtStation account. Uh, it's like uh, this like chic spin-off looking game presumably that takes place in like a Zelda universe somewhere um mm-hmm. very very i would say like what a uh, at least a portion of the fan base really wants which is like a hyper right. realistic like dark siders type Zelda concept um and then the other one was like almost the exact opposite of that which was like a Mario spin-off featuring Boo or a Boo mm-hmm. And you get, like, uh, some of the art had, like, Boo and, like, a graduation cap and, like, all this different stuff. Super cute. It looked yeah. very cute. Um, um, and and it, 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 that that game uh, was um, specced for a lower resolution screen, so it was likely that that was going to be a, a DS or 3DS game. I guess uh, DS, considering the time. Yeah. So, like, Hall suspects that really, like, Nintendo of Japan probably never saw pitches associated with any of these concepts says that it was like one of those things where you know you are put in a room or with the team and you're like hey come up with some like ideas that uh you know that we're just like kind of messing around with uh he specifically said that the ideas for both games came from former retro leads mark pacini todd keller and uh kenan pearson and that when they left to form studios of their own um, both games were basically like canned. So it's really just like a glimpse into, uh, you know, what, what could have been, what could have been cooking at retro studios at some point. And is it like a cool little, um, like reminder that they have, uh, that they do this with Nintendo properties, right? That they like take them and like tweak them and evolve them. Um, like we saw them do it with Metroid Prime, and we saw them do that with Donkey Kong Country um, Returns and Tropical Freeze. Um, and like, it, it's cool. I like that there is a an arm of Nintendo, or rather, a company owned by Nintendo that is doing that kind of thing. And totally. makes me wonder what they've been working on since Tropical Freeze came out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It also is just like a good reminder that just because you see uh, concept art that existed it doesn't mean that the game was anywhere near being in development or you know that it wasn't more than just somebody's idea that 
you know, they were able to work on for a little bit. It also goes to show you that good ideas are cheap. Um, that <laughs> you can generate the best idea and not executing on it means the idea didn't exist. Yep. Uh, last week we mentioned that Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga revealed key art for the game in conjunction with uh, Third the Star Wars mention this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And Patrick, uh, may the 13th be with you. Um, <laughs> uh, getting that in before tomorrow. Uh, there weren't any new details about the release at that time, but we have since gotten a release date, we think. It uh, hasn't been confirmed by TT Games or Warner Brothers Games, but uh, I think on StarWars.com they mentioned that the game is coming to Switch, PS4, and Xbox One on October 20th. So still, this is a game that has been a long time in development. Yeah, totally. Um, I, and <laughs> this is the, uh, of course, with the same caveats as everything else, everything can be delayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, NetherRealm Studios announced a major expansion for Mortal Kombat 11 that launches May 26th, and it's called Aftermath. Aftermath. Uh, the press release touts it as a all-new cinematic narrative centered around trust and deceit. For whatever mm. reason, that tickled me endlessly. <laughs> so it's it's a new it's a new like add-on to the story mode that features a lot of the uh, the DLC characters that have been added um, through uh, just the the game's regular DLC releases. Um, but then there are also new playable characters being introduced here, and I think this is the full lineup of them. Uh, we're getting Fujin, uh, Shiva, who's like the female Goro, and RoboCop. Increase, <laughs> you know. Because why not? Like, if something was uh, cool and gritty in the 80s and 90s, you bet your bottom dollar it's coming to Mortal Kombat at some point. <laughs> I like that RoboCop is voiced by uh, Peter Weller, who was the original RoboCop. Um, yes. I also like that, you know, when I'm thinking about an all-new cinematic narrative centered around trust and deceit, I am, of course, of course yeah. thinking about RoboCop. Always thinking about RoboCop. Uh, and it it does seem like it's going to be a pretty big addition because it will run you forty bucks, which is a lot. But the base game right now is uh, on the Switch eShop, I believe, sixty percent off or something. It, it's cheap. Um, it's like twenty, twenty three, twenty five dollars. Um, so uh, you know, getting this new chunk of DLC should bring it back up to like the price of a a, a full price game. Um, and you know they've been supporting that thing a lot, so there's there's a lot of content there. Um, although I know the um, Switch version got uh, knocked for um, like decreased graphical fidelity in uh, the crypt mode and a few other places. So um, you know, I if if I were picking up Mortal Kombat 11 now because I'm excited about RoboCop, and that might be a sentence that is running through my head, um, I'd probably do it on PlayStation 4. Also, you might have thought we were done talking about Animal Crossing New Horizons, but oh, no, no, no. Well, okay, so this is just uh, uh, something that happened on Twitter that I thought was charming uh, and I, I wanted to highlight. Um, Rob Hyrett, um, who is a someone who works at Nintendo, who worked on localization for Animal Crossing, um, was tweeting a little bit about uh, the jokes in the game um, and just uh, about like the, the process. So uh, I'm going to read some of these tweets here. Um, During the localization of Animal Crossing New Horizons, we joked repeatedly that we were building the next five to ten years worth of memes. We knew the game would be big, but we obviously couldn't have imagined the real world circumstances of its release. 
We've never had a time like this where the safety and responsibility of one another kept us physically distant and digital digital tools have taken the place of face-to-face contact. But Zoom and Twitter and other platforms are, by design, rather plain. Animal Crossing is different. The Animal Crossing aesthetic is cute. I've seen people here uh, here on Twitter observing that even the tarantulas are cute. Even the chairs are cute. But it's even uh, more than the cuteness. It's comfort. It's positivity. It's a retreat. If you've played the game, you're tired of the sea bass joke. I get it. I'm tired of the sea bass joke. And, and I wrote it. But here's the secret about the sea bass joke. It was originally, quote, I caught a, I caught a sea bass. Well, maybe a C minus bass. And when we were workshopping the fish joke, someone pointed out that as a joke that people were going to see many, many times, generally along with the disappointment that they didn't catch something better, maybe it would be better to spin it into a positive. Make that a C plus instead. From a comedy mechanics perspective, it's the same joke, relying on the homophone C and C to change how you perceive them in the description of the animal. And let's be honest, it would work better as a verbal joke than it does in print, but that fish has sailed. Anyway, my point is we, are doing our, we were doing our very best down to the details you may not have considered to make this the most positive, comforting, funny game we could. And I know the dev team was right there doing the same. So it's been humbling to see this thing we worked on be so, become so important to people in part because of the, uh, the weird accident of history uh, released around this scary time. Uh, so I, I just wanted to highlight that, like that joke, which does feel clumsy when you read it, uh, more like a, a C plus bass, um, that there is like a positivity, um, and a good nature behind it that is <laughs> meticulously workshopped so that you won't get beaten down by like a snarky sense of humor. Yeah. And I, I really think like, I, I, I loved reading that because it's just like, yeah, the, that sense of like optimism and like fun absolutely like permeates the whole game like you can tell that it was deliberately created to do Mm -hmm. that and that it happened to release when it released is just like kind of incredible yeah um this already happened but i thought it was so weird that i wanted to talk about it uh last week super smash brothers ultimate hosted a spirit board event that featured characters with thick eyebrows that was the theme Mm-hmm. They host these like all the time. There's like a new spirit board event, maybe not weekly, but a couple of months. Um, and they're usually united by something that is, you know, these characters are from the same game or they're muscular or, uh, you know, they're into guns or whatever. Uh, this one is they have <laughs> thick eyebrows, um, which is pretty wild. Yeah, I love it. I love that, you know, whoever's job it is to do these. Like, you're right. Week after week. That is a lot of times to come up with like themes for spirits like you only have you have a lot of spirits but you only have so many to choose from yes and some of them have uh big eyebrows yeah i i love seeing nintendo call out people's specific fetishes um (laughs) finally nintendo has announced that the 13th maximus cup will take place in tetris 99 this weekend i feel like we had a little bit of a tetris 99 drought but it's nice to see that uh, they're happening with more regularity, at least recently. Um, as part of the event, players can enter, earn an in-game Animal Crossing New Horizons theme, which is always exci- exciting because I love finding out what like the music yes. for it is going to be. Um, like all the uh, Maximus Cups before it, all you have to do is earn 100 points while it's active to get the Animal Crossing theme. Um, the Maximus Cup will kick off 
on May 15th, starting at uh, midnight Pacific time and goes all the way through May 18th at midnight Pacific time. Yeah, they let these things run for a nice long weekend. Um, uh, and it's cool that we just came off the Ring Fit Adventure one uh, maybe a week or two ago um, and that we're getting the Animal Crossing one now. Um, and, you know, maybe that's just a function of they were like, Animal Crossing is too big to ignore. Uh, all these people <laughs> still, all these people have uh, Nintendo Switch online. Let's lure them into something. Else. Maybe this is exactly what we were talking about in the example of like, uh, trying to move uh, Animal Crossing players onto other uh, pieces of Nintendo software. Uh, this is a perfect example, especially because Tetris is so accessible. Uh, if it also looks and sounds like Animal Crossing, holy cow. Yeah, 100%. Let's be each other's best friends and remind each other to do this, because sometimes it slips my mind. You got it. We we will... Hey, Mark, let's be best friends. <laughs> All right, let's close out the news. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. I was going to say this does it, that does it for this episode of Animal Crossing New Horizons because um, we talk about it so much. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it anywhere you share stuff. We prefer Facebook and Twitter, but any of the places that you share stuff is good on Twitter. I'm Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. The Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apipetti. You can get more of his music by going to apipetti.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Com. Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet-cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. Yes, I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire. <laughs>